Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns, so together we can benefit ourselves and all beings. Today is Friday with friends, and I have a new friend on with me. His name is Jordan David, otherwise known as Conscious Muscle on Instagram. That's where I got to know Jordan. I just admired all of his work. He not only is a personal trainer, he is jacked. I mean, super muscle bound, but with the big heart of gold. He rescues animals and he has so much to say. I'm so happy to have him on the podcast with me today. Welcome, Jordan. I'm so glad to have you on today. Thank you for having me, for sure. So I first started following Jordan on his Instagram, Conscious Muscle, which is a great name. And of course, I was particularly admiring you as a as a male vegan, as a male vegan who is a bodybuilder. Um, so can you just tell the audience, like, how did you get into this world of plant-based living, veganism, and then take the next step? Were you already bodybuilding? Talk us through your journey. Sure. Yeah. I've always been in the fitness. I'm um, late teenager into bodybuilding and in my 20s took it super seriously. And um, I got into the fitness industry and personal training. And um, essentially how it went to veganism is I had two clients that I would train every single day, five days a week. I'd wake up at four in the morning, be to them by five, um, husband and wife every morning. So after about a year, Susan, which was um, John's wife or Susan was, John was her husband, however you want to phrase it, right? Um, Started, she went vegan and she started telling me and her husband about veganism and the health and the planet. And I'm going to be honest, right? I was a typical meathead. So me and John looked at each other and literally laughed. We laughed at his wife and John was like, yeah, she's dumb, right? I'm like, dude, I know. And she's going to wither away, man. Silly. So she finally got tired of her shit and she finally said, okay, Jordan, you want to be a smart ass? Here's what we're going to do. If you can give me a couple paragraphs by Friday on paper, why veganism doesn't benefit my health or my fitness, I'll give you $500 and I'll quit. I'll never be vegan again. I'm like, Really? I know she knew she knew already what was going to happen, so she put that on the table. So I Googled everything I could, Googled articles. I even delved into medical journals, and I, I couldn't find anything negative. I'm like, I basically boiled down to I'm like, wow, I have two daughters. I want to grow up. I want to watch them grow up. I want to see them live their life. And based on the way I'm eating with cholesterol, carcinogens, especially a bodybuilder eating so much protein, 
it was a no-brainer for my health. And then I got into, um, well, first I watched Forks Over Knives and then Earthlings. And I learned about what factory farming entails. You know, even though I knew what happened at slaughterhouses, like anyone, I turned a blind eye, like ethical, you know, quick, fast. Now that this is just how things are. No, this is not how things are. This is how we accept them. So after the animals, it was just no looking back. So it quickly became an ethical vegan and health just happened to be a benefit. I love that. I love that. And I I always say whatever pathway you get there, and I'm sure you say the same, same thing, it benefits the animals. So if people are doing it for their health, ultimately they should learn about the reality of the factory farm. I, I think that being an ethical vegan, as we speak of, which means you're doing it for the ethics of it, not just for your own health, is what actually is the sticking place for people. I think sometimes if they do it for their health and what I've seen, and I'm sure you've seen this as well, and I'd love to hear how you respond when people say, oh, I was vegan for a while, but then I really got weak or I felt like dizzy or I felt like this was happening. And you know, they'll kind of blame their whatever maladies come up because they're vegan. And so they kind of just go back to how they were eating. What do you respond when somebody says that to you? So, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I used to be very militant about it. And I would talk to people like they don't know what the hell they're talking about because they don't, right? But someone had to be calm and patient with me and meet me where I was at when it came to veganism. So if I'm telling people they're ignorant, they're wrong, they're not going to take in what I have to say. But if I meet them where they're at and, you know, validate what they have to say, like, hey, I get it. You know, I felt that way too, because I didn't know how to properly think about it with the animal based diet, right? If you go without carbohydrates, you're going to be short on glycogen energy if you don't get enough. So the same human physiology, same biochemistry applies from plant based to animal based. So I just simply explain to them, look, if you want, let's look at the science. Let's look at the data. Let's not talk about bro science in the locker room or what you've been taught your whole life, right? They used to say we could smoke cigarettes. Pregnant women could smoke cigarettes. There was doctors smoking cigarettes on TV. If they were lying to you then, they didn't all of a sudden stop. You know what I mean? So I pretty much give them facts, but I present it to them in a way where I'm trying to get them to understand me. So I'm talking with them, not at them. Because if you just Google it, there's no shortage of irrefutable data to back up the case of veganism. Absolutely. So when you first became vegan, how quickly did you transition? And what did you notice, or, or maybe nothing really changed, but what, what did you notice for your, in your own personal health and well-being besides just the spiritual thing, which is not to be undermined? I think when we feel like we're doing the right thing, and really like making the choices that are uh, not harming as best as we can, that, that, that's, that is a spiritual awakening of, of, that's so powerful. But how did, how did it work for you? How did you feel? Well, I mean, I went cold turkey because, the, again, after watching Earthlings and stuff, I'm, I've, I've always been an animal lover, but I really, I've always been a pet lover. I liked animals. You know, I became an animal lover. And, um, you know, I am of, although I don't, you know, I would consider myself spiritual but I am of Jewish lineage. So I've had uh, members of my family, older generations that died in the Holocaust that came over here to escape the Holocaust. So when I learned that Nazi concentration camps were modeled directly after American slaughterhouses for systematic killing, how could I fucking, excuse my language, how could I take part in anything that encourages systematic killings? Anything that Nazis thought were a great idea is probably not a great idea to uh, put in my body, just putting it out there. So yeah, um, Cold turkey, as far as physical, skin cleared up immediately, felt more energy, better recovery at the gym, which actually surprised me. Even though the data was there, I was really surprised, you know, because again, I was at a big mental block against veganism. So even while I'm doing it, I'm like, I'm doing it for the animals. Doesn't matter at this point whether I don't care if I'm on my deathbed tomorrow. Like, 
you know what I mean? I mean, not to that degree because I want to be healthy for my kids, but I just meant the ethical part just became, I, I can't take part in it. I can't take part in it. So um, physically, I had all that. I was surprised how, how well it worked and how quick it worked. Um, I would say spiritually, um, I've always believed in like kind of more a universal concept, like we're all connected. Like best way I can explain it is I feel like there's a divine presence in the universe and it's imbued within all things. But for the first time, I actually really honored that when it came to animals and all else, not just there wasn't a hierarchy of value. I let me state this though, because I always get this question. If a dog were drowning and let's say your daughter were drowning, who would you say first? Well, first and foremost, I'm an animal like any other animal. I'm a human species animal. So I would save my offspring. Of course, I would protect me and mine. It's just, you know, common sense. So yeah, exactly. And those kind of questions are kind of, I think, made to just stumble us. You know, it's like if you're on an island and there's nothing to eat, what are you going to eat? I was like, well, let me, let me, I'll deal with that situation when it comes. What we can do now, and I really believe that we can do this no matter what kind of income bracket you're in or what your, you know, religious beliefs are, but we can really choose to do less harm and make these choices that are, like you said, irrefutably the better choice because that the animals are not going to a slaughter. Even the, you know, happy farms, you see that they are, they are frightened, they are scared, and we are making a deliberate choice that that's okay to, to kill them, despite the fact that they have the desire to live and thrive just like we do. And I think that, um, yeah, all the things that you saying, like, it's just, it's, it's so powerful when you make that connection and that choice. And as you said, I think so many people who really uh, give it, have an open mind to it, do discover that the benefits for their health is amazing. I also had a skin clearing. I also had like sinus clearing, all this mucus that I was kind of thinking was just normal, you know, like running and coughing up mucus. No, that was all uh, the byproduct of the amount of dairy that I was eating. I had been vegetarian. I didn't go cold turkey like you, which I think is in some ways harder just to go completely no animal products, but it, it certainly is a nice clear slate. So when you are, how did you then incorporate that into your, into your business of bodybuilding? How did you develop the idea of conscious muscle, which is such a great title? Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, I was still personal training, um, still helping clients, and I would try and push veganism on them. But I then saw, I mean, I'm going to be completely transparent just because in case there's like, you're, you get it, you know, I've seen your social media, so you've built quite an audience. So you're going to definitely get this. Um, I basically, and this was like six years ago, roughly, um, I saw other people on Instagram, these coaches, I didn't even know what an influencer was yet. But I'm like, oh my gosh, these I'm able to do X amount of clients a week. And these people are doing an abundance of clients. And I, I just used to look at these people and be like, what are they doing that I'm not? And then I realized nothing. They're just putting energy into it. They believe they can make it work. So I started with no followers. I started hustling. I spent, I mean, I was obsessed. I have to be honest. I would sit there and like pictures and comment on pictures and relevant hashtags. I mean, I'd be on for hours. And as you know, before the Instagram algorithm changed, you can really build up a following and really share value with people. It's a lot harder now, but that was basically how I did that. And then, um, I basically applied the same rules of coaching and bodybuilding to a plant-based diet. It's this simple. If you're a bodybuilder and you eat six ounces of chicken, two cups of rice, and a cup of broccoli, eat the same thing. Just switch to chicken for tofu, seitan, tempeh, beyond meat, uh, gardein. There's no, there's no shortage. So it was actually really easy in terms of practical application. It's more of convincing people to drop what they've been conditioned to believe, right? No one likes inconvenient truths. 
You don't want to hear that you're taking part of cruelty and you're hurting your children's health by shoving dairy down their throat. You know, yeah. so people don't want to hear that. Well, what it, what have you found has been the most successful way of getting of getting this information out to people? And where have you like been met with like a solid wall? So I'm going to say, um, I don't, look, I mean, I, being in the world of fitness, like anyone, I do have, you know, that insecurity and body dysmorphia, blah, blah, blah. But I know how I'm perceived. So I think one of the great things with other males is to see a jacked guy who embodies like, and again, I know how I look. I know like I look like a total tool bag, you know, the man bun, the beard, the tattoos. But when guys, you know, when guys see that, they're like, dude, you're jacked. What are you doing? I'm like, I eat plant-based. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll talk about themselves. They'll talk about their dad, how their dad died at 60, whatever, whatever window I can get into, bring it in. Um, again, you got to meet people with their at with my with children, especially my youngest daughter. I'm honest. She asked one time at a birthday party what was in a hot dog. And I was like, dead animals, like dead pigs, their feet, their ears, their butts, their insides. And I'm like, do you want to try it? Because she saw someone eat. I would never let her. I would not. But I wanted to see what her natural inclination was. And she's like, ew, no way. I would never. And I'm like, there you go. You know, there you go. So you got to communicate with people on whatever level they're on. I, I love that. And I totally agree. I, I think that, of course, when you see cruelty, when you see um, just the unnecessary cruelty of it and the scale of it, it is, it does make you want to just like scream from the rooftops, but we're talking about people's um, traditions, their habits, their thoughts around eating animals and how that at a young age we were taught, because I grew up eating, eating meat every meal. I was, I'm from the South. I mean, we had bacon for breakfast and bologna for lunch. I mean, it was like, ah, you steak, everything liver, all of it. And I never really liked it that much. So I always say for me, it was kind of easy. I didn't have any real emotional attachment to it. It, it kind of grossed me out, I think from a young age, but I continued to eat it because that's what I just thought, you know? And then my brothers and I all collectively went vegetarian in high school. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, it was really on them. We, cause we also loved animals. We had animals all around our house, you know, cats, dogs, birds, guinea pigs, um, mice, the whole thing. And and my mom also went vegetarian with us. Now, my older brother and my dad never did. And my mom has since gone vegan since I've become vegan. I've been vegan now. Hey. Yeah, I know. I know. Go mom. She's awesome. I mean, you know, it's so easy, really. It really, you know, even my dad was, he, he, my dad died. But, you know, before he died, yeah, thank you. It's like the most heartbreaking thing. Um, And he was, you know, he was one of the most compassionate people around. And he ate, and he ate meat, you know, so it's like, he knew that it was, it was, he didn't want to know about the animals. He loved them. He was so, he was so kind hearted, but it was so ingrained. He was from, he's from the South and it's like, you know, he just, he liked meat, but he did give up dairy and he, because he would come up to my house and he'd always be vegan around me. And he would always say, I hope my, your kids don't think grandpappy's a mean person. Cause I eat, eat meat. And I was like, kids aren't like that. They really are not judgmental. They, they more like kind of just put it in a bin. Like you eat this, I eat this. And, and there's not, there's not that judgment inherent that we, the rest of us will have. But yeah, for me, it was like, I don't know. I just never loved me. So I do, but I do know that the, the tendency when you become vegan is just to shout it from the rooftops, like I was saying, but it does, you know, it, it, it just doesn't work. It work Like you said, it really works to meet people where they're at. Understand like, what is their hesitation? 
is it is it health? Are they worried? Because we're so brainwashed from such a young age that we need meat, that we need milk. And and if we can break it down like this is a business, this is it, these are these are multi-billion dollar corporations that only are invested in you thinking that you need it. And when you actually eat plants, you you will feel better. And that's what nobody's, you know, unfortunately, broccoli growers of America don't have billions of dollars. So Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent there because I want to hear more about you. What I want to hear about is what is your diet like personally? Like, are you kind of always tweaking with it? Because I know for me, like many people uh, went from kind of a lot more of the junk food vegan to now I really eat very whole plant-based because that's what makes me feel the best. And I don't eat a lot. Like I think eating, we also overeat. I mean, I'm not trying to build muscle like you are, but what is your diet like? Oh, yeah. Well, one, thank you. I don't want you to look like me. <laughs> By the way, when everybody sees Jordan, I mean, I, I really love um, male, big males being such voices for the animals because sure. there's such a wonderful tenderness of this, you know, kind of alpha, you know, young like symbol that has this open heart and says like, look, I can thrive. In fact, I can thrive even better by not harming another creature. Uh, so, Absolutely. yeah. I mean, I love seeing it both on the male and female. And like you, you're incredibly fit. And there's different types of fitness. Some people like yoga. Some people just want to be fit. The runners. And I love, 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 as you know, especially it's always existed, but it's more mainstream than ever to have women walking around jacked, whether it's CrossFit, bodybuilding. So I'm just loving seeing some of these women that are like jacked off their ass. And like, you know, it's just, it's just great. You know, vegan men and women showing the world, like smashing stereotypes. Um, Sorry. So... Uh, Tangents, right? It's what vegans do. Yeah, we're good at I that. Like, we're excited about it. It's like, you know, yeah. exciting thing for sure. Yeah. Well, people people don't get it. It's like if you found a pill that cured everyone's cancer, you'd scream it from the rooftops. And that's exactly what veganism is. Maybe not to such a specific degree, but you sure as hell. I mean, if the number one killer of men and women in our country is first and foremost heart disease, and you know you can, for the most part, unless you're genetically predisposed, circumvent that. And what people don't understand either based on epigenetics, even if you're genetically predisposed, eating a plant-based diet can turn off and turn on the appropriate genes. So we're no longer a slave to hereditary or genetics. I mean, it's amazing. Um, as far as what I eat, I'm a balanced vegan. I'm completely honest about it. I had the, I'm sorry, I was supposed to be on silent. I had the um, opportunity of going to Hippocrates Raw Living Vegan Institute here in West Palm Beach where I live. And I learned completely about whole foods eating and raw eating, which is where I got into drinking lemon water, juicing wheatgrass. Um, so I'm going to be completely honest. So whenever I do a video about what I eat, I preface with absolutely being a whole foods, plant-based vegan and eating raw is the most optimal for your health and well-being. With that said, real world. I got two daughters, an animal sanctuary, multiple businesses. So I eat what I can. You know, I'll have a shake in the morning unless I'm training fasted. So assuming that morning I didn't train fasted, um, I have a shake, which is as simple of two scoops of conscious muscles supplements, vegan protein. That's 42 grams of protein. Um, one cup of frozen blueberries, some chia or flaxseed, and usually maca powder. Boom, I got a shake. Next meal will be something super easy like Beyond Meat, rice and vegetables. Or if I'm eating more complex carbs, let's say I'll forego the rice and have lentils, which adds more protein. And then if I'm hungry throughout the day, a quick snack, a vegan protein bar. Then post-workout, I'll have one more shake. So I have two shakes a day. And then um, I'll either have one to two more meals. So it's a total of almost, depending on the day, five to six meals, including one to two shake as those meals. So I'd say I eat maybe 50% whole food, sometimes more, and sometimes more processed. Obviously, I know the process isn't as good, 
But at the end of the day, you have to work. You have to do what works for you. And I see a lot of debate between whole foods, uh, meat substitutes, raw vegans, fruititarians. Fact of the matter, animals don't give a damn what you eat if you're not eating them. So do you. So I yeah, like and I agree. And even even processed, you know, when people are like, "Oh, that's so processed," I'm like, "It's still better than an animal product." At the like, yeah. what an animal product is doing to your insides versus and even your heart is is way worse than processed, uh, you know, sub, meat substitutes. And Beyond Burger, man, I wish I had invested in that. It's like it is. It has been such a huge jump for people. I think people love the. Um, the, how how it's so filling and the density of it, you know, and if people that do miss meat, it really satisfies that 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 taste and that you know, again the the texture and and all of that. I didn't know you were in West Palm Beach. How long have, is that where you grew up? Um, I actually grew up down south, um, but I, I lived the majority of my life from like eleven to twenty in Orlando and moved back here at like twenty one. So I've been here ever since. I'm in a place called Loxahatchee, which is essentially West Palm, but maybe twenty minutes west, and that's more of a rural, like, um, yeehaw kind of place, you know, lifted trucks and all that. I, you know, for the animal sanctuary, that's where I had to be. So I'm learning how to live uh, over the past few years, that country life, you know, but I'm, I'm far from that guy, but I know I'm like, now I got the beard in the truck for the animals. So I'm totally, you know, I love that. So tell us about how you got into, that was the other thing I loved about you is, is how you on Instagram are always showcasing your animals there. How did you get into rescuing animals? I guess, you know, I'm super transparent. So the whole story, me and my wife at the time had property, just small property, house and property. We started with rescuing dogs and cats that we had. So we had our dogs and cats. And all of a sudden, there was a slaughterhouse that was not far from our place. As a matter of fact, um, I forgot the name of it, but it was the number one. Uh, that slaughterhouse was engaged in like t- terrible activity, like selling animals consciously for animal sacrifice, stomping on birds to kill them. It was the, that place was raided and it was the largest slaughterhouse sting operation in the history of the United States. It was crazy right down the road. So needless to say, before that happened, my ex-wife found out that on these two pigs, he was trying to give away for whatever. One was pregnant, the other one, another pig, and he was going to kill him. I guess they were becoming a pain. I don't know. All she told me was she was coming home with two pigs that needed to be rescued. So because she was, you know, dabbling in veganism. I was vegan and I was all about it. So we had two pigs. Um, and then came more pigs and then the goats and then the chickens and the ducks and the turkeys, you know, being in that area, like we even had people that we knew that raised two turkeys for, um, over a year for Thanksgiving. And they knew we were, um, I used to go there and I love them. So I, Hey, listen, man, if you want to take, if you want to take these two turkeys, we'll just buy our turkey at Publix this year. I'm like, really? So that's, you know, so basically it was like that. We got divorced. Um, I moved out. I still tend, we were amicable. I still went there to tend to the animals and I really wanted to do more. So. You know, again, before the algorithm change, it was really easy to, you know, raise capital through business and crowdfunding. And I purchased five acres. Um, I could have made a better decision. I put my entire life savings into it. It was a big financial, not a good move. A financial advisor would tell you you're an idiot. But at the end of the day, I know my daughters are secure. They have, we have money we put away for them. We have the prepaid college. Like I know my priorities are met. So I'm like, you know what? Big risk, big reward. So I, I did it. You know, and the only reason I'm stressing that is people ask me about how to start a sanctuary and you have to be prepared to financially tap out unless you're making an abundance of money. It's very expensive. Um, so I did that, um, got five acres, started rescuing more animals. And um, ever since then, it's just, it's just been a thing. It's been challenging, right? It's been the hardest thing I've ever done, but the most fulfilling. So it, it, there's ups and downs. You know, co- people don't understand like COVID hit, business dropped again, it's, 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 and it's expensive. It's super expensive. But, but again, I'm not like turning people off. 
you know, anything worth doing is going to be challenging, period. So I just want to stress that because people are always like, how do I do it? How do I do it? I'm like, get the capital first, because if you don't, you'll end up not able to afford vetting food. You're going to be struggling. And then when you rely on crowdfunding, that's where you run into a problem because that could be all over the map. Yeah, you're right. So can you talk a little about, um, I, I think people are always surprised. One reason I think people can eat animals is they, it isn't their dog. It isn't their cat. It's an animal that they haven't really um, developed a relationship with, you know, have these ideas, oh, pigs are dirty and they're probably not very smart. Chicken's not very smart. Now I've had rescued hens and I can tell you they are smart. You know, everybody talks about the dumb bird of a chicken, but they are smart. I would call them by their name individually. And they had been in a, a horrible situation, a, a factory farm that had been blown over by a hurricane, I mean, a tornado, and they were just left to die. And they were going to actually bury all the chickens in a large hole. And so all these different, I know, it was a million hen factory farm. And and people can't even, I can't even imagine it, like a million chickens in a warehouse. And most of these warehouses, most of these factory farms are put in like the concentration camps far away from the human eye. So we, we are so disassociated from it because we can't see it. We just imagine most people still think chickens are just, you know, clucking around um, happily on the, on the farm that they've, you know, from a childhood book and they're not, they're, they're living in these horrific um, situations and they're regarded as trash. So they, four of my chickens came from that. I think over several thousand were saved and they went to various people. And, and so these chickens had lived their life in a cage, had no contact with people except, you know, would have been horrible contact. And they were so affectionate they were funny. They like I would call them. They would come running. They were just they were smart. They were curious. They they're and once you have a chicken, you realize putting them in the cage is like the worst thing because they are they are moving around all day. They they are they would, they're so investigative. The other thing is pigs. So I would since you've had pigs, I would love for you to shed some light. Like what having a pig is like. It's like having a dog. I'm sure. It's, it's like having a dog. I mean, the best example I can give, I'll go out there every morning and, you know, when I feed them, they're, they all run to the gate. They're all snorting. Some of them will like come up to you and nudge you. They love belly rubs. I have one big pig named Motley. So he's huge. He's like a few hundred pounds. So when, even when my back's turned, he'll come up to me and like nearly knock me over and nudge me, nudge me. And it's either like, dude, where's more food? Or are you going to pet me? Like, give me attention. So same as a big dog, a hundred percent the same. As a matter of fact, they're supposed to be more intelligent than dogs. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's a game changer. When people come out there and interact with them, it's a real game changer. That's when uh, my husband and I became vegan. We had been ve- I had been vegetarian. He became vegetarian after dating me, and you know we were thinking we were, we, to convert. Yeah, right. And it is just and and then we went to a farm sanctuary gathering where they were having lectures, and it was farm sanctuary up in Watkins Glen. And Jean Bauer has since become a really great friend of ours. Um. And we oh, got wow. you went to like the the original, the OG. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, nineteen uh, over nineteen years ago, and and you know once they just said the whole thing about if you're eating dairy, you might as well be eating veal. If you're, I was like, what? You know, and if you're eating chickens, like that's actually like the or eating um, eggs you're doing more harm than if you were eating a hamburger because of the number of chickens that are put in the, you know, the, in these situations. So we just immediately became vegan. And again, had these, had this opportunity to interact with the animals. So 
In your sanctuary, obviously you post about it, but do you have it so that people can come out or is it a private one? So I did, but it'd be like by invitation only. I have so much on my plate right now. I'm being on, I always have so much on my plate. Like I'm constantly overwhelmed, but um, it was really hard to do that and deal with people. And people don't understand the inner workings of a sanctuary. You know, for example, um, our mule, Leroy, love Leroy. Um, the two people that rescued him um, are local vegan activists. They actually own a, a vegan gym um, where every, everyone that trains there is vegan or, try, or being converted. And um, they came every weekend. They come every weekend and volunteer to visit Leroy. So at the end of the day, we wanted to get him another equestrian buddy, another donkey, mule, horse. And it's just, it's super expensive. The funds were not there. So we found, um, they actually took it upon themselves. And we all agreed. They found another sanctuary near. It's called 777 Sanctuary, 777. And um, I believe the memory is terrible. And they're an amazing sanctuary. I mean, this lady does homeopathic treatments for her animals, massages. I mean, it's probably, I can't tell you, but like, it looks like a million dollar barn. Like, I mean, uh, she's, it's incredible. So this, this guy has the best quality of life better than anything we can give him. Meanwhile, people are like, oh, you have pictures with this mule. Where's the mule? Where's, where's the mule? Are you, I'm like, you got, you got rid of him? I'm like, no, me and the people who rescued him found him a better quality of life. See, the, the difference is it's not an ego thing for me. I don't care if the animals are with me or another sanctuary, if they're safe, if they're homed and sanctuaries are constantly switching out animals like, hey, this place can better accommodate goats because they're hopping over my fence, getting into the road. Oh, so-and-so sanctuary, you can accommodate them. So it's it's a lot of stuff like that. I'm sure, as you know, the animal rescue community, vegan community are probably some of the most, I'm sorry, people, judgmental people in the world. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'll call it. Sometimes um, I don't even like, it's such a stigma because there's such assholes in all walks of life. But I mean, geez, Louise, like, for example, you were vegetarian, right? How many times have you seen organizations shit on vegetarians talking down to them? And my thing is this, absolutely dairy is scary, right? The cows that are slaughtered, death is a sweet release from years of slavery and having your young ripped from you and torn from you and that abuse and that torture. But if you're a vegetarian and I'm okay to talk to you and you see it and you're like, yeah, I got to give up dairy. You're going to do that a lot faster if I talk to you, educate you. But I'm, if I'm not like, screw you, you vegetarian, you're supporting slavery. I, I don't follow groups like that. I used to do a lot of act, you know, like direct action. Um, not saying them in particular, not pointing anyone out. Just saying I used to do a lot of different things with different organizations. And um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not going to be. A- I, I, I just totally echo that because we have been in this world for a long time, too. And we would go to a lot of these conferences. And in the conferences, there would be a lot of kind of bickering uh, between the abolitionists. So abolitionist is obviously, I think we're all abolitionists. We would love to see every single slaughterhouse closed down, all animals free. But then there are the activists and the advocates who are trying to make their lot, you know, realize that there are a lot of little tiny steps along the way. Because that's just the way it is. This is just the world we live in has always subjugated animals. So um, I so agree with you. It doesn't do anybody any good to be judgmental for whatever stage you're at. If somebody says to me, you know, Laura, I really, I, 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 I gave up um, whatever, but I feel like I have to have fish. I'm like, okay, who am I to tell you you're an awful person for having fish? Even though I know like the, the ocean world is, is totally, uh, it's probably the first place that will really see the detriment of, 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 you know, exploiting animals. Probably most people here, most people hear you say that and be like, cool. Okay. Fish, who cares? Meanwhile, 80% of our oxygen is filtered through the ocean. So when the oceans go, we're done. So we're so close to already being like beyond repair. 
So even with all those facts that I have, if somebody says to me about fish, I'll say, okay, if you, whatever you feel like you have to have, but I'll still to educate them. I'll still say, you know, personally, I'll, I'll go in at a different angle. I'll say, personally, I would never eat fish because of what is in fish. They've there, you can't pick out a fish from the ocean and it ha- not have um, heavy metals or chemicals or anything. It's just there's there's too much micro just too many microplastics there. And the same people that'll be anti-vaccination because of heavy metals will sit down and have fish and get a bigger serving of that metal in every meal than in the vaccination itself. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is because um because again, it's kind of the convenient truth. We don't want to know the, the the stuff like that the oceans are super polluted and that we have just the, the fishing is done at such a like it, it's it's astronomical how many um beings in the ocean are pulled out with each net, large, these mile long nets that just pull out everything. So I, you know, it is like, and then we can go down this and like, how is this happening? So it is, it's a world that, that we have to live in with calmness and centeredness while there's chaos and, and cruelty all around us. And so it's, it's very confusing. So I understand when people go ballistic because, but ultimately it doesn't help. It doesn't help if you're calling people out and being rude to them. All right. So what I want to know, because I'm asked this all the time and I am going to do a podcast on this, what are supplements that you take and you recommend being a bodybuilder, but also just any, like being a premenstrual or a, a perimenopausal woman for bone density? What are the things that you recommend from your findings? hundred percent. So um, it varies person to person, but there are some just staples that even people who eat meat need and they don't realize it. for example b12 people are like i eat meat for b12 meanwhile 90 percent of the world's b12 supplements are supplemented to factory farmed animals so you're literally i mean b12 is caused as you know bacteria that's found in water and soil we're pretty much devoid of it so the animals aren't getting any b12 naturally from their diet so why get the carcinogens and cholesterol as well as the cruelty of an animal when you can just pop the pill in your own mouth um, so B12, essential, B complex, D3. Um, I do recommend, I'm a purveyor of natural vitamins, multivitamin, whatever works for you, digestive enzyme. Um, if you're more whole foods and you want to take it to the next level, drink lemon water upon waking for alkalinity. First thing you should do, give it about a half hour and then have about a two to three ounce glass, little shot of wheatgrass from a masticating juicer. Again, this is like taking it to the next level. But two to three pounds of wheatgrass has the equivalent of phytonutrients, like five pounds of raw spinach. It's amazing. So let me just, what I try to do is put it more in what normal people can do. So normal people, B12, D3, B-complex, digestive enzyme. You can kill it there. If you have issues with calcium, you can supplement with that. But so many vegan foods are fortified with calcium. Same with omegas. For example, good karma flax milk loaded with omegas. And there's also omega supplements. So whatever your, so other than general supplementation, whatever your actual supplemental needs are can be met plant-based. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Protein, a good protein powder. Protein is necessary. You can get it without the powder, but I'm a proponent of it. Um, we, we need a lot less than we think especially in the world of fitness. But I look to those who have the results that I want. I look at my physique, other people, my peers' physiques, and an abundance of protein tends to be what works for building muscle, man or a woman, doesn't matter. So yeah, I think that those are essentially the building blocks, you know, and I'm very, very simple and, and healthy. What, are, what is the protein powder that you use? Is it something that you've developed or that what there's one that you re- really recommend? For sure. On Instagram, it's CM Supplements or um, cmsupplements.com. So it's... um. Actually, I have my hoodie on today. Um, it's conscious muscle supplements. So the reason we did this, um, me and my partner Marco, who's a professional vegan powerlifter, um, I'm, I'm not trying to toot his horn per se, but 
Um, he's probably one of the strongest powerlifters in the world. Definitely one of the strongest vegans. I mean, Brandon, I, how much did Marco deadlift when he weighed 178? 750 pounds at 178. I- completely, completely natural, tested, the whole shebang. So we wanted to start, we saw all these vegan proteins owned by parent companies that were not vegan. So we talked about it and we decided to do it. We both went in together. We started a supplement company and we basically made what we would want as athletes, 100% non-GMO, no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners, organic, a blend of natural proteins. So it has a complete and abundant amino acid profile, no different than whey. On top of that, we donate a percentage of profits to animal sanctuaries every year, not even my sanctuary that I fund. Um, last year, we donated $4,000 amongst, amongst four different sanctuaries. So we wanted a quality supplement by vegans, owned by vegans, and giving back to the vegan community. So we freaking did it. And- I love that. Now, let's just talk about that for a moment because, man, you and you are an entrepreneur. You're in my spirit here. How did you go about and get something like that on the market? Like, Talk to us about the steps to that. Well, you build an audience, you know, um, it's, and I'm going to be honest, it's harder than ever to build an audience now. How do I say this? Sex sells. It always has. So right now, Instagram, that, that's what's trending. So my biggest recommendation, if you have value to bring, start your Instagram, start your platform, content, 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 good content, mediocre content, doesn't matter. Network, like pictures, get shout outs, basically super simple and corny, law of attraction, whatever you put in, you're going to get out. So you don't give up. Keep your current hustle and build your side hustle as an online coach or influencer, whatever it is. Um, man, I wish there were specific things to say, right? But as you know, being an entrepreneur yourself, right? What you put in, you get out. So you find something of value. People need training and nutrition. So that's what I'm going to give you. If yoga is your thing, people want to learn how to do poses. And, and don't get me wrong. Let me clarify this too. I'm not negating or talking negative about the whole sex sells thing. Listen, if I can fund my life in my sanctuary with an OnlyFans right now and take care of my animals, I'd do it in a heartbeat. (laughs) Okay. I don't even know about OnlyFans, but I heard about it when uh, James asked, he was getting all the uh, flack about because he developed that because he goes around the world and speaks. He's a vegan activist and he does a lot of this by paying out of his own, uh, you know, back pocket. He's not, he's not collaborating with any organization and so activists need to make money too. And it was just interesting when I was, I was watching, I don't know if you saw that thread that he and his girlfriend or fiance were- yeah, that was get, the GoFundMe debacle. Yeah, yeah. And I, was, I, I didn't even understand what that, um, what that page that you just mentioned was about. But hey, whatever it takes to, to yes. um, highlight what you're doing um, that is in line with your beliefs and that's having fun, like let's all- loosen the reins a little bit and be so much less uptight. If you can't, you know, if, if you can't be vegan or, or non-vegan or whatever it is in the world and, and just not, we all need to be just a little bit more joyful, you know? 100%. People don't want to respect your hustle if your hustle's better than theirs or more successful, you know? People don't want to build the tallest tower. They want to knock down everyone else's to be above them, you know? Like, Good on you. If you, I don't care if I like what you do or agree with what you do. You're not hurting me. You're not hurting anyone. I'm not paying your bills. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think it's important to know, especially in social media, we don't know behind the scenes. We don't know, you know how much it, t- it costs to run a farm sanctuary. It doesn't matter if you have five animals or 50. It, it costs money. You have to feed them and take care of them just like you would your own family. So you need that money. And there's, there's no um, reason to be bashful about getting it. So how, how successful has the powder been for you? 
I'd say we're, we're doing pretty successful. It's a pretty well-known brand um, in the little fitness community, like the vegan fitness community. Um, I think we do well just because, again, we're genuine and we give back. I mean, if that's your business, I don't know, whether it's business or anything, what you give back, you will get back. You'll, it just comes back your way. Whatever you put out in the world, you get back. So I feel like our success is tr- attributed to giving. And we don't do it for ego. We don't care. We donate sometimes, but we, do, we don't even make announcements, right? Because it comes back to us, the proof's in the pudding. You know, so yeah, generosity is something I really teach a lot in my teachings because of information I give out and teachings and all that. And it's always fascinating how people are um, kind of stingy, like they want to hold on to information or some kind of like, no. And I'm like, why be generous? Because it will actually benefit you. And you are actually modeling that for others. We all need to, I mean, at the end of the day, when we, when we die, we're not, we're going to remember what we gave, not how much we collected. You know, it's really about being of service. Um, Can you tell us what protein, I'm just curious because I've only tried a few vegan protein powders, but I am going to order yours now. What kind of uh, vegan protein do you have in there? Is pea pea powder, pea protein one of them? um, We have a blend. Let me actually, I got a bottle. Let me grab it for you. Yeah, of course. Yes, you go right ahead. I'll just keep it going. I will say for all of you out there while he's going out there, you have to check out uh, Jordan's like physique and his training methods and everything. Because for anybody that thinks they can't build muscle being vegan, there's so many great bodybuilders out there. I had Dominic Thompson on here as well. Uh, there's, you know, in this conscious muscle, what a, what a great title. Oh, and he's back. Okay. okay. So he's going to read it. Oh, look at that. Conscious muscle supplements. Mm-hmm. We have the vegan banana. So ours is a matrix of proteins. It's from pea protein, brown rice, brown rice, quinoa, spirulina, amaranth, and artichoke. So we use a bunch of whole foods, natural derived sources. I love that. So for everybody out there that's worried about soy, because soy often gets a bad rap. And yeah, soy gets a bad rap because if you're eating a lot of like soy, uh, modified soy, um, that's not great. We want to have soy in its in its wholest form. And I think it's really wonderful developing protein powders that don't have soy because there's soy in so many things that are added on because soybean is a very big, you know, um, crop that's grown. It's grown to feed animals. And then all the leftover stuff is like put in practically everything. So it's nice to have something that's soy free. I really appreciate that. Isn't it crazy that all of the grain, you know this, all of the grain and everything we feed to animals, factory farm animals for slaughter, we can feed the world 10 times over yearly, approximately. Literally, people don't realize that. Like all these poor countries that we're sending whatever money to, we are stealing with our money, their grain from the people to feed our animals. We're destroying uh, a myriad of acres, so many acres of the rainforest for factory farming. People don't realize it. Like people aren't cutting down the rainforest to build houses and log cabins. It's land for cattle and for farming. Yeah, all that, all, yeah. In Brazil last year, all those fires, those were actually set forth by the president. And it was because th- to raise cattle and, and, and we destroy, we, so it's like a, a negative, negative sum game because we're destroying such important part of our ecosystem um, to, to have this, this, you know, not only is it cruel, but it's a product that's going to just take more from the environment, put out more negative stuff into the environment. So really, uh, for anybody who is still like on the fence about becoming vegan, look at Jordan's site, Conscious Muscle. Where can they find out more about you? 
Sure. On Instagram, it's conscious underscore muscle. My website's consciousmuscle.net. Um, and the website's cmsupplements.com. And if you're on my Instagram, it's like what you said, your rewards in life, right? Will be in direct relation to your contribution or service. So that's how I get most of my clients. If you ask me questions, I'm sure like you, I'm going to answer them. You're not going to have to pay me, but you're going to see that value. And now you're going to want the whole thing, you know? So please DM me, email me. If you got questions, I'm, I'm happy to help. Yeah. And I think everybody, I would challenge everybody here to set up a personal training um, session with him because I think you have such a great amount of knowledge between the nutritional part and the actual physical part. And you're such a living example of, 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 of a conscious muscle, which is such a brilliant name. Oh my gosh. For sure. Um, maybe, thank you. One, maybe what we can do is um, when we get off of here or whatever, I'll create a special code just for your audience. That way, you know what I mean? If they want to come, they can give it a shot, get a discount and you know, you'll, you'll know, you know, who from your audience is doing what now. That would be amazing. So everybody stay tuned for that. That'll be in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all the work you're doing for animals and for people and for the planet. And that's the other great thing about veganism is it really benefits everybody. Every being, it benefits the planet and um, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much. I'm very inspired by you and I really appreciate your time coming on here today. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun. I really appreciate this. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. And for all of you out there, as always, I'm pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.